Welcome to the next episode of the Memories of Crumptree podcast with me, Martin Coleman. And in this episode, I catch up with a cheeky chappy from London who uh, signed for the Bees back in 1994. And it shows a different side of the sport with the last episode being with Ollie Olsen, who was obviously world champion back in the 70s and 80s. And Darren, who is going to join us now, Darren Spicer, was uh, a young British reserve back in the 90s who uh, had the ups and downs of being a speedway rider with uh, some good points, but also some nasty injuries. And, and we'll go through that. So I'm delighted to say that Darren joins me now. Darren, how are you keeping? Yeah, very well. Thank you, Martin. So uh, so what, what's life for you now? Obviously, you've been, it's been quite a while now, 20, 26 years, can you believe, since you, you retired? What, what's life like for you at the minute? Yeah, life's uh, pretty good in this uh, in this uh, lockdown sort of thing. I've worked all the way through it, as uh, as uh, not many people know, but you know, as a, I'm a train driver now, uh, working out of London, and um, yeah, we've worked through the whole pandemic, and uh, but yeah, yeah, sort of uh, keeping uh, how we should be in uh, keeping all sort of with family and stuff as well. It's, it's hard, but yeah, plodding along as we as everyone else has to. Exactly, that's how most people get on. So, yeah, what we'll do, Darren, we'll, we'll wind the clock back. So, uh, we're talking 27 years now. It's crazy to think of it as that long, but mm. 1994, and you'd just come out of a quite a successful season with with both Kingsland and Rye House, and then uh, a bit of a surprise when the the team was announced that there's a couple of new reserves, uh, both British, but yourself and Sean Tacey joined the club. Um, what what was the? How did the move come about? How did you know? Uh, that comped you were interested in and what were the negotiations like? Well, uh, so yeah, a really, really good year for me in, in 93. Um, sort of didn't know how my seasons were going to start in 93 um, with Kings Lynn because I'd done a year in 92 with the, the f- first team, went straight into the Elite League then and um, really sort of had a struggled season that year. And um, but come in 93, come to sort of uh, uh, still at Kings Lynn. Um, and then uh, I think Martin Cobbing got injured and I'd done a guest appearance for Rias and that was it. It was um, a whole season there and the confidence that year got so high. And um, yeah, I was going back there in the, in 94, um, but then they got, in the winter they, they end up closing. Um, and yeah, I didn't know what I was going to be doing then. And then just a really sort of out of the blue, a phone call uh, from um, one of my sponsors to say that um, Coventry was uh, interested and yeah it was uh, I was a bit starstruck at first because like Coventry was huge and especially the riders that were there at the time yeah. Um, yeah it was it was yeah really surprised so what was the what was the initial um, discussions like? Did you have to did you actually get involved or back then was it all done by your sponsor you mentioned or no no yeah, so we we sort of um, just got given a phone number basically to speak to Martin Ockertree. Then um, gave him a call. Um, he got invited up to Coventry to have a, a meeting, and um, I was more starstruck than anything else. I didn't really do no negotiations. It was sort of, as soon as they sort of were interested. Yes, I wanted to sign, and it didn't matter what it was. Um, there wasn't really much of negotiations of that sort of sort because I think that's when the sort of pay structure was in then, yeah. in the sport. So um, yeah, but it was just be, put, being a a young British rider to 
be asked to wear a Coventry race jacket was, uh, yeah, it was, um, it was surreal, but it was absolutely sort of brilliant. I loved it. It was superb. Uh, and you mentioned, obviously, when you, you signed and, and in that team that year, I mean, it's not often, I guess, that, that a young British lad like yourself gets the opportunity to ride with Hans Nielsen, John Jorgensen, Eddie <laughs> Smith. I mean, that the, the team that year um, ha- had some big names. And what was it? What was it like on press and practice day when you uh, you get out your little your little blue bike and you leathers <laughs> on and and next thing next you you've got Hans Nelson in the pits. What was it like, sort of bit being in and around Hans? Yeah, it was um, it was. Say, so I've been in sort of '92. I'd been with the likes of Mark Laram, yeah. but he was still sort of a, a young rider coming up, sort of thing. He was still, of course, he's always been a top rider. But and then Henker um, Gustafsson had just come into the Kingsland side, but he was sort of new as well. But riding with someone like Hans and, um, but yeah, it was uh, John Yogerson, um sort of kept himself to himself a lot. But Hans Nilsson's help was was really yeah, unbelievable. Was was it sort of help along the the side of preparation or setup or, or what? What did you learn most from from those sort of riders? Yeah, a lot of it was set up. I say because in sort of ninety three, um, in the sort of the um, division, what would, what would it have been then? A Premier League then, or with Ryan's? It was, um, yeah, you just sort of done your own bikes and sort of just raced, you know what I mean? But it was a lot more of a technical side of it. I had to set bikes up and when to sort of change things during the meeting and stuff. And uh, yeah, I sort of learned a lot more of that side of it, the technical side, which it took me a little while to get used to, sort of just not just getting on a bike and riding it, it was more of uh, setting it up and stuff. But, yeah, but it, even just the, the way you sat on a bike, you know what I mean? That's, they sort of changed sort of just different things, even that inch sitting on the seat, you know? Yeah. It was a lot of difference. And and you'd, you'd made an appearance or two at Brandon before signing for the club. I remember there was a, I think you scored paid 10 or something of that nature for Kings Lynn. Um, so you'd ridden the track before. What were you... What were your thoughts on the Coventry track? It, it's not probably in size, probably not too dissimilar to Kingsland, but obviously Kingsland a very different, very fast race track. What was what was your thoughts of, of your memories of Brandon at the time? Yeah, it's um, I've, I just always love going there. Absolutely always love, especially like you know, sort of ninety one, ninety two, sort of that sort of years in the junior leagues. Then it used to be after the meeting, we had the junior teams, um, and yeah, I always used to love going to Coventry and racing there and. Um, when I was a youngster going to the British finals and stuff, it was always, yeah, I loved it. loved to ride this track. And, but yeah, absolutely loved uh, Coventry. Even just the actual stadium itself, you know, um, was was just a lovely to go to. And uh, But the track, it was always well prepared, always had sort of uh, what you needed on there. But yeah, loved it. Absolutely loved Coventry. And, and on you, we'll go back to your debut, Darren. So debut for the Bees was against Bradford. And uh, obviously there'll, there'll be nerves on the day. I'm, I'm sure you used to set off at a decent time from, from your London base and make your way up and and you get to the track and stuff. What, did you remember sort of recollections of the, the feelings when you got there for the, for the first actual meeting? Was it was it any different to, to a meeting that if you'd been with Kings in a house or did it? Just feel a bit different with Brandon under the lights. That that big grandstand always made things look a bit more impressive. Yeah, it was. It was just gonna say it's different of sort of being when I was at Kingsley 
for a while. I sort of, I've, as you know, I sort of really got on well with all the fans and stuff, and sort of mixed with the fans quite a lot. And it was, it was just trying to get used to some new fans, you know, and and uh, sort of hoping, I was sort of being from London, that you sort of you could fit in a bit and stuff like that. But it was, uh, yeah, I'm so nervous that day, um, and then to go out and sort of win my first ride. Yeah. Um. It. Yeah. It sort of calmed me down a bit, but yeah, it's it's uh, putting on a Coventry race jacket was uh. Yeah, you sort of had to live up a little bit to the yeah. expectations of, especially being that the, the riders were in that team, to sort of uh, just trying to impress them as well. You know, sort of because of Hans Nielsen and stuff, and sort of yeah. But it was it was very very nervous night. Uh, and you mentioned you won your first race, and and over the the period of time that you was with the club, you had a you had quite a decent record in heat two. You, you'd you'd quite often pop out and and do the business in heat two, but you you also had a five one that night with Brian. And uh, in your first meeting in B's colours, you uh, you defeated somebody of the of the stature of Jimmy Nielsen. So quite an important first impression to to make from the reserve berth. Yeah, as I say, it was it was just trying to sort of make the impression that I wanted to sort of um, do for for Coventry and sort of just try and fit in a bit up there, you know. Just, um, as you say, with the sort of beating some top riders that night as well, um, it's sort of the confidence of getting like, from carrying it on from '93 yeah. uh, back at Rias, and my confidence was really high at the time. And and just a week later, Darren, another good score, another payday, and you'd made a really good start beating people like David Norris, who again would go on to to have a good a good record in the sport. But um, you, you found it easier that that first season, obviously at Brandon, with with some of the away tracks being a little bit more difficult for you. Yeah, um, yeah, I always found it hard away, sort of in the um, in the top league, or oh, oh, I don't know even why it's. Um, Always found it hard to um, score points away from home. And do you think that, like you said, do you think that was down to like setup? You, you'd obviously found a setup that worked at Brandon. Was it just yeah. a case of you don't get much time to get a setup on an away track unless you've been there before, and and these things take time to work out? Yeah, yeah. Um, so say, especially when I spent more time in sort of the uh, with Rias the year before, and going back to these tracks, a lot of things had changed and. Um, I just just couldn't just never get a proper setup at any other sort of way tracks. Um, but I just felt so calm and sort of confident at, at Brandon. But uh, yeah, struggled away. And and what did that the, the away track? I mean, your first couple of away meetings ended up. We'll, we'll talk about Reading in a minute because I know that was a that was one that would live with you for a long time. But um, mm. first away match with Cradley. I mean, how difficult is it as a as a young British reserve to sort of spend four hours in a van driving all the way from London up to Cradley, mm-hmm. um, you know, o- only sort of get one or, or two points. So how sort of, how mentally challenging is it for, for a rider to do that? Yeah. It's sort of, uh, tra- say traveling up all the way there and um, scoring one point when you think you've sort of try and be yourself as it is, how you would be at Brandon, you know, and, Sort of only just score one point and just find it difficult. Um, and then also on the way home, my van broke down. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Craig Lee, we spent about five hours, six hours on the motorway waiting for a recovery to come home. And 
and that was on the um, Saturday. We didn't get home till like five, six o'clock on the Sunday morning. Wow. Yeah. Um, and at that, yeah, that point, was... Darren, you, you had a few people travel with you, didn't you? I know your family were, were always regular yeah. meetings and, and your mechanic um, uh, and girlfriend at the time. So that, that van would have been a bit of a stressful period on that motorway, I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, there's a bit of a story with that. We, it was Easter weekend because it was on the Saturday um, and I'd been given a um, an Easter egg. And on the way, when we were sitting in that van, it was me, my mum, my dad, <laughs> my brother, who was mechanic for me at the time, Roy, and my sponsor, Jason Furlow. So there was like five of us in that van. Um, <laughs> yeah, all we had was an Easter egg between us all <laughs> to, <laughs> to, uh, on the way home. But yeah, um, an Easter weekend that I'll probably never forget the rest of my life. But uh... It just gets a lot of people when they're watching the sport don't understand the Certainly back then, the, the sort of the rigours that, that riders, certainly the young British riders had to go through just to even get to meetings, especially from their from their, their base. And that weekend, it, it didn't really improve, did it? Because just after the trading meeting, um, it was only the fourth meeting in the Bees Colours and you were involved in um, what, what I'll class as a, a bit of a nasty incident down at Reading. You, you'd actually made a great start to the meeting. You popped out one heat two again. So away from home, you got a few points and then... You, you had a clash with um, with Dave Mullet that uh, pretty much ruined your season, but but has left you with longer longer term issues, hasn't it? Yeah, um, say that was the same weekend as the Crady meeting on the Saturday, um, so we didn't get home till late Sunday, and sort of had to sort out van for the Reading on the Monday and and stuff like that, and get my bikes all sorted out. Um, and it was when in Reading I rode. From a sort of an age of about 13, 14, I used to do like an after meetings um, at Reading. So I really liked the track. And I thought this is one of them ones where if I want to get my confidence back up, I can really put myself in this because I did like riding at Reading track. And there yeah, to go out to sort of win my first race from behind as well, you know, yeah. um, with the likes of like Phil Morris who had been riding there for a few years. And um, yeah. Sort of the confidence of getting there, and I was so confident for that sort of heat twelve, um, which was a rerun as well because uh, I had to lay the bike down for Phil Morris to come off on the first bend. Yeah, to, to, to pop out the start in front of Dave Mullet, and yeah, and uh, I know, I know, it's, it still took you to talk about it now because I know at the time um, it, it was a, a nasty looking crash on the on the on the track at the time, and, and certainly. I don't think Dave covered himself in glory coming back round after the, the race had been stopped as well. And I think he showered you in shale when he was down on the floor. And yeah. What, what what exactly did you what exactly did you do? And what was the injury that you received? Okay, so yeah, so um it was I don't think it was even a, a really nasty crash. I think it was a way sort of I, I just I was off a gate two, he was off gate one. I come across him going in a bend and it just sort of slid off. But then I went to get up, <laughs> my shoulder moved up, but my arm didn't. So my, my actual broken humerus uh, in half, which had then sort of come apart. So uh, yeah, so my arm was sticking out a bit and um, broke my hand as well. But it was probably one of the silliest crashes I had, where it just sort of slid off. But I think my arm must have got caught in his bike. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, that was uh, yeah, a thing I'd never forget and. 
sort of end up going, especially when I went back into Reading Hospital and my arm was sort of stuck outwards where it had been broken. And um, they couldn't get me through the doors. <laughs> my arm was sticking out. <laughs> so they had to put my arm back in place outside oh, in the corridor before they could get me into the doors to take me through x-rays and stuff. So. Wow. <laughs> And, and I'm guessing at, the, at that time the pain was was pretty uh, pretty tough. Yeah, my mum well, my mum was there that night, and my brother was in the pits, and it was on the second bend, uh, first bend, yeah. and the pits is down on the third bend. Yeah, uh, my brother said he could hear me screaming. So, <laughs> <laughs> and, and that that kept you out. I mean, like I said, it was only the fourth meeting, Darren, and then that, that kept you out the saddle until July, um, and it must have been it must have been difficult mentally to to get not just get back on a bike, but obviously you, you're going to your first meeting thinking, what happens if I come off again? What, what sort of, what sort of thoughts go through your head or, or did you have to, do you have to literally put it out of your mind when, when you're back at the tape? Yeah. Um, Cause it was literally, wasn't, I had to have the operation where I had to have plates put on my arm and um, into my hand. Um, and being out so long, um, never sort of been in that situation before. Yeah. I sort of got back on a bike and thought, Right, okay, let's um, just take it easy. And let's just finish the season so we can sort of try and just, I had to really think of more of next season yeah. to sort of try and get myself back on the bike and, um, yeah, get myself going a bit. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really hard. It was, it was, it was a hard thing to do. Um, and I don't think it was long into it that, um, problems started happening again. So, yeah, I was going to say you was only back for a few meetings, and then uh, a tumble at Wolverhampton, and and I think you you rebroke it, or you you bent the plates, or did something to it again. And yeah, that... yeah, bent the plate. Yeah, bent the plate in my arm, and um, had to be um, taken back in and operation again to have the plate removed. But um, yeah, it was. Uh, it's really, it was really <laughs> Wolverhampton weren't one of my favourite tracks anyway, and it was so bumpy. Uh, it's just it's just not my confidence then and that was uh, sort of I'm nearly sort of then sort of didn't I wasn't sure if I was going to come back again in 95 to race yeah. again you know? so so when when that happened sort of August time 94 I mean what, what was the recuperation period was it a case that you knew the end of the season was was not going to happen but it gave you a winter to, to sort of get your fitness back up and and the club got back on the phone and, and re-signed you in 95. When when did you know that you'd be coming back? Well, um, sort of, my, I spoke to Martin a few times, um, sort of regarding what did I want to do? And I said, look, it's just sort of, because I say I had to go back in and have the operation again to actually have the plate removed. So it's sort of another bit of sort of recuperation of sort of have the, over the operation and stuff. Yeah. And um I said, look, let me let me get sort of out of the way of Christmas and sort of get in, get on a bike back in sort of January time. And uh, yeah, got back on the bike and spoke to him in about February. And he said, look, you've what you did for us when you were riding. If we can find that again, then we we want you to come back and for another year. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I was I was I was honoured. You know what I mean? Because because they actually asked me to come back. And see what I could do for the club at the time. And and then the, in the short time that you'd been on, like I said, the heat two, you know, you you're pretty decent heat to it, and that carried on again in in ninety five. So as a 
from a reserve perspective, you know, a lot of the time, if you can pop out and win that first reserve race, a lot of the clubs tend to think you, you've done that job. Um, you know, you just want to try and earn a bit more money by getting more points. But you, you were back at the tapes in 95 and you, you had another new teammate at reserve, another person that you, you've known a long time now and still keep in touch with, which was Robbo. And uh, yeah. first race back in and you two banging a 5-1 over a certain Scott Nichols. So again, you, you were looking to make up for lost time. Yeah, as I say, definitely. It was one of them sort of years I thought, if I, if I don't, if I'm going to make it now, I need to knuckle down. And uh, yeah, put a lot of effort into that 95 season. Um, not all the rewards, but saying as well with, um, I think Hans was gone that year. Yeah, he'd gone. Uh, yeah, so, and um, Brian sort of took over. Um, and Brian was a big help during that year. Brian Anderson was a really big help in that year. In what sense? Um, just, just sort of helping me out of sort of um, uh, looking after me engine as well. You know, sort of just help me sort of tune up a bit because I'd lost a lot of money in '94 where I hadn't been racing. I couldn't work. Yeah. Um, and I was sort of put some bikes together, but they weren't brilliant. And um, yeah, Brian sort of helped me out quite a bit with uh, with some engine maintenance and stuff and. Yeah, yeah, and sort of one of my sponsors helped me out a bit, and I sort of just wanted to push on a bit and to see if I could sort of make make a career of it instead of working as well and make a career of it. And, and at that time, you were still working. Were you still working with Ray down then in, in the garage? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was still working at the garage for Ray um, in he had his own sort of speedway career he was doing as well, do you know. So yeah. um, he was always sort of here, there, and everywhere with his meetings. And also, we never really see each other much. And um, but he, he was a big help at the beginning of my career. But sort of that sort of time, he was sort of we were both sort of in the sort of top league then. So it weren't. Yeah, he had to look after himself rather than me. Did, did it make it easier that you, your gaffer was a rider, which meant getting time off for meetings was, was a bit easier, or do you have to make all the time back? No, no, no. A, a, any day that um, I had meetings, um, I never worked. It was only days that sort of I could work, I would. Okay. So you, you mentioned the help that Brian gave you. Um, what about um, sort of the, the – you've got back on the machine, you, you're back riding. When you went away from Brandon, which were the tracks that you – earmark that you know you enjoy going to you mentioned Reading already which were the yeah. ones where on the fixture list you were like can't wait for this one and which were the ones on the fixtures you thought well oh, I wish I weren't going there were there any that, that <laughs> sort of you didn't have, didn't like going to um funny enough Exeter <laughs> I think everyone mentions that one but do you know what when I was 16 I nearly signed for Exeter wow uh before Kings Lynn and it was only because of Dave Jessup was at Kings Lynn then I went to Kings Lynn yeah. But yeah, I went and done a couple of after the meetings at Exeter and they wanted to say, uh, Dave Townsend, I think, was the manager there then. Yeah, and he wanted to sign me. Um, but yeah, Exeter's one. Tricky little tracks at uh, Lakeside. Um, but then when I went to Ryas, there's a tricky little track. You didn't say you mastered that, didn't you? Um, yeah, um, but just, yeah. Um, I didn't have enough confidence in myself when I went to a ray, ray track to sort of have the right setup and stuff. So, yeah. So, 
one away track that we are going to talk about, and you, you know I'm going to ask you about it just because we've talked about it over the years and, and a lot of these fans will remember it. But I'll take you back to Friday the 5th of May, Darren. It's a, it's a nice, balmy Friday evening. Uh, Peter Brown, East Winger Showground, you know, quite a little place, you know, nothing much going on. And then uh, and then you get into a, a situation that, um, I mean, I, I'd always promised that I was going to show your kids um, with, with the video, but you, you have a you have a clash on the on the first bend with uh, with Ronnie Pedersen, and uh, those people that have the video have got it and they they remember what happened. But I want to get your I want to get your thoughts on it that um, it, it probably then became probably the, the most maddest fifteen minutes of, of your speedway career. I thought um, talk talk me through that first bend and and what went through your mind when you were uh, when you were you were dumped on the track. Well, yeah, um, I think it was sort of the heat 12 or something like that, I think it was, and I was on the outside, made the gate, which I didn't used to do sort of thing a lot, but yeah, made the gate, went to go on the outside, got put in the fence by Ronnie Pedersen, and sort of the all four back for the rerun, and then the uh, come out again, I go around the outside, get put in the fence by Ronnie Pedersen, <laughs> <laughs> and then get excluded. Um, I'm not a sort of uh, sort of person normally loses sort of me temper a bit. Um, I should have really. I should have sort of been probably been a bit more aggressive in my speedway career. I might have been uh, got a bit further. But uh, yeah, it's um, it was one of the moments that yeah I sort of lost my mind for a bit and instead of just going back to the pits. To speak to the referee, I decided to uh, go across the centre green to try and speak to him. I don't know why. It was just one of them moments. And, um, yeah. You were, got... you, were, you were getting dog abuse, weren't you, from the grandstand when you walked Yeah, I was in. getting a few waves and a few cheers from the Peterborough supporters at that time. <laughs> <laughs> um... <laughs> and and you, you, got to the, you got to the start line. You were looking for the, the phone. Um and obviously, for any any younger people listening, we're not gonna we're not gonna describe too much. But there was a a gesticulation towards the crowd and the referee that that landed you in a in a bit of hot water. Yeah, yeah, it's because I couldn't get to him. I think that was the main thing, and because it was so <laughs> far up, and I didn't want to walk up that grandstand. <laughs> um, but do you know what? Of that night, all I can remember was this little ten year old. He must have been about ten, just standing right next to me on the fence there. And I was trying to talk to the referee. My God, I've heard language like it, but uh, <laughs> so I don't know. But yeah, it was a it was a long walk back to the pits, and um, yeah, sort of not very proud of what I've done, and um, could have been a lot more professional about it. But it was the situation of trying to race yeah. and get stuffed twice by the same rider. And yeah, people no, seeing what seeing you, what you what you can't see, you know. You've said you're not somebody. I mean, I've I've known you now a long time, and it's the only time I think I've ever seen you properly snap. Um, and and I know you won't mind me saying it, but it, it's also one of the funniest things watching you snap and then realizing that you've got to stand in front of that grandstand and you, and you can't do anything. <laughs> you've got to you've got to walk back across the centre green. But looking yeah. at it on the back straight was. Uh, it was a great moment that that we'll never forget, and I know yeah. that uh, I know the fine and the ban hit you hard, didn't it, in the pocket? 
It did, but um, I, I say at that time, this is sort of when didn't run a lot of meetings in '94 because of the broken arm and stuff, and then sort of just into sort of in two months into the season at Coventry, sort of that's when you sort of um, appreciate the Coventry fans of what they've done for me. Then they've done a nice little collection, and you were part of that um, for me for uh, to pay sort of most of my fine. And uh, yeah, that was a sort of a, a moment where sort of I think we've really sort of got to um, sort of talk a lot and become friends over what sort of someone you've done for us, basically. And, and certainly when we put the, the proposal to um, to Martin Ockletree um, at the time, I think the club were, were very much behind it and sort of said, yeah, they'd, they'd allow us to put some buckets out to collect some money. We, mm. we still had a few people come in and give us a bit of stick saying, that they were going to go and swear at somebody and would I give them 20 quid for doing it, um, <laughs> which, is, uh, which is quite good. But um, you, you had some, like you say, we, we did the collection, which, which went towards a fine and and you had some help. You, you mentioned your sponsors, Jason Thurlow, was it was a big support for you during that time, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. He, he, he was a big support for me. Um, he was, we just become friends when I was riding at Kings Lynn. His dad was... Um, uh, quite one of the big sponsors at Kings Lynn for quite a few years and been going to Kings Lynn for years. And, um, yeah, Jason was uh, a very close friend then, still is, um, and a lot of help during that time um, with, uh, with helping me out with sort of money and also for, for, uh, with some engines and stuff. So, yeah. And did you did you manage to get much sponsorship from the country area, Darren, when you were there, or was it mainly people that had been with you in in your Rye House and Kingsland days? Yeah, no, I didn't really get sort of uh, much. I think a lot of it was done through the team with the Bill Base and um, Smith and Sons. Yeah. But um, now, do you know because of the season I did in '94, um, not sort of being in the team much, and also '95, I think it was more of I didn't really get many uh, main sponsors up at Coventry. And and you've mentioned, obviously, that, you know, from a fan base, they supported you with the with the collection for, towards the fine and stuff. And you, you made, you certainly made up for, for the couple of meetings that you were banned for, because in, in your next meeting back, you uh, got your best score at the time, which was pay 12. Uh, again, a good, a good meeting against Bradford. And I guess that was the, the determination to make up again for lost time. Yeah, so, so sort of thing. I think as well then that's when I sort of Brian really sort of stepped in. He done I think it was it was done one of my engines then. Um but the days I was off because I think I sort of just stayed away from Speedway a bit and because um, I missed a cut of them. I think it was there was the two meetings of two or three meetings match band that I had was spread over quite a bit. There weren't sort of two meetings in a week. So I sort of kept away. But Brian really stepped up and then sort of that that 12 I got that night was was with Brian sort of just, just making a few tweaks to my engine and it made a lot of difference. And and the, the scores continued in a, in a decent vein. You were beginning to pick up, again, a, a few more heat, two wins and stuff. But um, I think this, for me, Darren, the sad part of all of this is that even though you only rode for the club for a couple of seasons, some of the stories you've got, I, I wish you'd have ridden for us for a lot more longer because that this would go on for hours. But... Um, I spoke to Sean uh, in one of the previous episodes. Uh, Sean, who you know really well, Tacey. Yeah. Um, 
you've got to talk to me about this this horrendous trip to Edinburgh. And I, I take it personally because that was going to be my debut as a mechanic. Um, you'd asked me to outview and I said, yeah, I'm going up on the sport as coach, no problem. Um, and then you didn't decide not to turn up to the 11. I, I, was, I took that personally. How could you do that to me? Um, but but tell, me, tell me about the the horrendous issues and the, the horrendous journey that you had from, from setting off at stupid o'clock to, to try and get to Edinburgh. Well, yeah. Um, you know what? It was one of their meetings I was looking forward to because I'd been there a couple of times with Rias the year before, uh, in 93, sorry. And I'd scored like 12 points every time. I loved the track. Even a tight track again. And I thought, you know what? Really looking forward to this. Um, I just got a van off of um, uh, I uh, Peter Peter Ron that had done it through Coventry, uh, bought on his van, and it, it had a few problems before, so it had all the problems sorted out. And I said, taste it, come on, mate, we go up together. But now, now I take I take my trailer. I said, no, look, bang all the bikes in a van, share the fuel, be great. We have a bit of a time out of it, you know, have a bit of fun on the way up. So yeah, sort of drove to Tacey's and then off we set. I think we only made it about an hour up the road. Uh, on the or onto the A1, a couple of hours up the road. And uh, yeah, we were sitting on the side of the A1 with a engine that wouldn't start because it had overheated. And uh, yeah, it was a bit of fun um, trying to get water in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, running across a few lanes trying to get some water out of the field. And with this, we need to make a film about this because some of the stuff you you and Sean have gone on about. Um, at, at some point, Colin Meredith decided to divert because obviously he's got two reserves sat in a van that meant that it meant to be in Edinburgh for seven o'clock. And and Colin yeah. came and did he bring another van or, or what happened? How did yeah bought another van? We sort of just loaded the van up with all the bikes. Um. At one point, I think Sean was changing an engine, I think, at one point. I think, was that? No, that wasn't that one. But he was doing something. He had to do something on his bike before the meeting, and I can't remember what it was. But, yeah, so we just left my van on the A1. Just left it there and just <laughs> off we went. I think um, we were with our girlfriends at the time. They had jumped in a car and gone up. Um, and we was in the van. Was it Bob Tansor? Or was I think it might have Was it Bob Tansor? I think it was a... I don't know who the call at the time. I know that I'm, yeah. I'm stood in the pits and they're asking me what I'm there for. And I said, oh, I'm, I'm mechanicing for Darren Spicer. I, said, but I, don't, I don't know what time he's going to get here. Um, and ended up team managing um, because Colin was with you guys. Yeah, I think um, I, I think we got there for about 8-11. I think I was in 8-12. Yeah. Um, and then I think I had to do 8-14, I think, or something like that. It was, it was, it was one then once, or was it the 18-8 one then? Yeah, yeah. I think I did about two races that night when we got there. Eight, eight, eleven. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and what what happened to the van? Was it? Did it get recovered? It got, what, what yeah, it got recovered. But we had to sort of make some uh, phone calls, and we got it recovered. And we had to go and pick it up from the police pan the next day, and then sit on the recovery truck from there all the way back to London. Wow. Yeah, that was another fun sort of time, and. Uh, <laughs> I, I could. I, I just. It just amazes me that um, you know a lot of people will just turn up at the meeting and just see a rider there and not know the 
the trials and tribulations that you have to go to to get get there and back. Um, and then and then not long after that, you um, had a little bump at arena, bit of concussion. Um, but then came back after that with your your best ever meeting for the beads, where uh, you won your first three races against Glasgow. And again, I guess that was linked to to machinery that was being worked on with Brian. Yeah, so sort of um, sort of trying to just sort of trying to just keep make keep his eye. One of them years where if something didn't happen and something this happened, and um, just wanted to finish the year off and try and sort of. Uh, get back to Coventry in 96 it's all when you come to the end of the season you've got to think if I put in some good sort of meetings they might ask me to come back again yeah. um, but yeah Brian helping out again um, what a professional rider he was what a, what a great great team rider he was and and at the end of that season Darren you, you finished off um, which actually was to be at that point not known but but the last meeting there against Wolverhampton, page six. Um, and and it, was it a case that if Coventry didn't offer you uh, an opportunity to come back, that was it? Or had you already decided that, that injuries and stuff and and that you sort of had enough? What 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 was the thought process? Yeah, sort of by the end of the sort of season, and um, I'd moved by then. I moved from London and I'd moved up to Norfolk at that time. And... Um, just get just finding it hard to sort of just uh, earn a living and stuff because I'd moved away from the garage and I weren't earning money, money sort of working there. Um, and sort of thing, I had to sort of get myself a job and, um, yeah, just Kingsland sort of because I was on loan from Kingsland, sort of going back to Kingsland then. And, um, they had sort of sort of taken me out of their sort of program of what they were going to do and stuff. And, um, it come to a stage, I think it was in about sort of January, February, I hadn't heard anything and I just thought, oh, do you know what? <laughs> I can't, I, I, I just felt, fell out in love with Speedway. Um, just one thing, I just thought, I didn't want to, couldn't be even bothered to sort of go and talk and practice even, you know, and yeah. I was getting to a stage where I didn't have no money and couldn't even afford to put fuel in the, in the bike, you know, and stuff like that and I thought, do I want to just ride around and see what happens, but no, nah, it was just I just fell out in love with it all, and just thought just just a change of direction in my life, really. Yeah, and and so so I guess officially, then what you're telling me is you, you've never officially retired. <laughs> <laughs> no, not really, no. And it was say it was a stage of sort of me art, me sort of yeah. I, I lost a lot of in my arm and stuff. It, it sort of took a bit of focus out of sort of my sort of some of the races, some of the meetings I would be focused, some I wouldn't and yeah. I didn't want to be like that and uh, yeah, sort of just wanted to for a while I'm young try and find some some sort of different direction in life And and does the um, does the arm still give you issues now? Yeah, sort of when it gets it's still in the winter stuff, the sort of thing, I still get a few problems with my elbow and stuff but um I got one of these sort of uh, laziest jobs now, so uh, it ain't too bad. <laughs> <I was gonna laughs> like say carrying around sort of heavy equipment anymore. I sort of just sit and uh, sit on your bum all day. Yeah. So, so anybody listening to this podcast that is going to jump on a train, maybe at Victoria or London Bridge. Um, yeah, I could be the one that's driving it. You never know. Keep your eye out for a, a little. I was going to say ginger guy, but I guess we'll call you bold now, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
But what what's your sort of? I mean, you, you've seen. I mean, I've kept in touch with you. You, you keep in touch with a lot of people I know at Coventry, and you, you've been back mm. a few times when it was open. Um, you've seen the photos. What what are your sort of thoughts on on what's happened to to the grand old place? Right. So it's just sort of it's going back for when I was a lot younger. We used to go to the British finals and the overseas finals and stuff like that when I was a supporter. Um, and just riding around sort of when I was about sort of 10, 11 years old. And um, that stadium was the pinnacle of speed, British Speedway. And it, it went up from when I grew up, you know, I, we used to go to a lot of tracks when I was a Hackney supporter. With mum and dad, we used to travel around a lot of tracks and it was always Coventry that you used to always look forward to. But to see it now, like you, it's, it's horrible to see and sort of looking at the British Speedway side of it as well. Still got the good old doorbell. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what's your? I mean, I know that you've before we closed, you used to go and watch your meeting at Rye House, and, and we've been to Cardiff and stuff. Sort of, you, you still stay in touch with the sport. What's your What's your thoughts on the on the sport now? And do you think you'd you'd prefer to have been a a young guy trying to make his way through it now, or, or Ooh, no. you not change what you had? No, I wouldn't change what I had. You know, um, sort of for what. <laughs> But when I come sort of through when as a youngster, there was still a lot of old speedway riders yeah. that was around then, you know. And um, it was like the reason I signed for Kings Lynn was because of Dave Jessup was the team manager. Yeah. Do you know? Um, and, yeah, I just, I just think it would be so hard for a youngster now to come through. You see it, but I, I look at some of the names now in speedway and I've never heard of them and stuff, but... There's some great kids out there at the moment pushing through. And uh, and your final sort of reflection on you've you've obviously mentioned pulling on the country race jacket, and I think a lot of people will be um, probably surprised at the sort of the, the passion that you that you had for the club, considering you was only there uh, for a couple of years. But what's your sort of overriding memory of, of your time at Brandon? Ah, oh, yeah, absolutely brilliant. So, so I didn't really do. I mean, I've. When, when we spoke before, Martin, sort of, you said about sort of doing this podcast with Coventry Rise, but okay, I feel like I only done sort of a season and sort of there's sort of bigger rider out, out there than sort of for me for Coventry, but just to be part of that um, that club, yeah. to say that I rode, you know, what I mean, if, if I ever, ever speak to anyone over the years and they said, oh, what you should do years ago, you know, I should race Speedway, who do I for? As soon as you mentioned the name Coventry, Everyone knows, you know, even people who used to go Speedway years ago, you know, um, they, 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 everyone knows Coventry Speedway. And uh, it, was, it, was a, it was an honour to ride for a big club like Coventry. Well, Darren, it's been great catching up. I mean, you know, I clash with a friend anyway. We speak regular, but it's great catching up and getting your memories down uh, about your time with the club and uh, some great stories. Um, I know that we've laughed many times about, about things that have happened and, um, you know, I've even taken you to, to the football. Um, I've got a photo somewhere of you in a Cov City kit, which which will live with me for a long time. But um, <laughs> some, some great memories of your time at the club. Thanks so much for giving me your time today to, to catch up and uh, and, I'll, and I'll give you a call soon and, and can't wait for lockdown to lift and, and we'll meet up with the families and, and have a beer. Brilliant. Thank you, Martin. I really appreciate it. You uh, take care and I'll catch up with you soon. No worries, mate. Thanks for your time. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Right.